Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Ron Howard. <laughs> wow, you got a cool new job. <laughs> <laughs> this is Josh, and we're packed into the office right now. There's five of us here. We're joined by Anya, Lee, and Ian. And by office, you mean our state of the art recording studio. Yes, state of the art recording studio. We've got an engineer. We've all got headsets on mm-hmm. and our own microphones. He doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> yes, oh, that's always. Who wants that's... a motorboat? <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing tassels, mainly for acoustic reasons. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this was just going to be a podcast, doing it at night because I've been really busy. And whenever we do it at night, Ian can come out and play, which is nice. And yes. Ian said just on an email today or last night, oh, we should talk about Canadian stuff because it's Canada Day. So we're not really talking about Canada Day, but just off the top of my head, we can talk about a lot of Canadian cinema. In the last little while, we played a ton of Canadian movies just by happenstance. And Anya is on the clock right now, but I wanted her to sit in even just for a couple minutes before she had to actually go back to work because she is in school and French-Canadian and knows the most about (laughs) French-Canadian cinema. So I thought at least you can say your favorite French-Canadian film. Not to pin you to that, you can say another film you like. But we always talk about French-Canadian stuff, and you know a ton that I've never heard of. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just be talking about the stuff that... I'm going to be talking about the stuff that pretty much everyone knows about. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I find that I personally have not seen that much French-Canadian cinema. I'm mm-hmm. kind of ashamed to say that. Most of the stuff that I've seen is the stuff that was in the course outlines. But you're only but allowed I, to watch the cool highbrow stuff, right? Like, in your outline? Not necessarily, no. There's a lot of... Um, is, like, like, Starbuck on there and Crazy and those uh, kind crazy, of... Crazy, yes. Starbuck wasn't. No. The prof that I had wanted more old stuff. Lalo. No, we haven't seen that. Lalo's the best. I like yeah. Lalo. <laughs> it was only the bad ones that we watched. It makes me want to eat liver. <laughs> <laughs> does, Emmanuel, does Emmanuel count? Emmanuel, no. Uh, I'm trying to. Th- there was never. A <laughs> is that Canadian? No, 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 but, no. But the third Ilsa movie, right? Ilsa, yeah, yeah. Then we keep out of the oil shoot. Well, even no, the first one, Tigers of the Siberia. Tigers yeah. of Siberia. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. snowmobile one. That snowmobiles and, and, and ha- ice yeah. hockey. Ilsa goes to a Montreal massage parlor, which I've looked for every time <laughs> I've gone to Montreal. Yeah. I found the intersection, the intersection, but the, the massage parlor is no longer there. I yeah. thought I'd end up in the Siberia with Ilsa if I went. Um, Bring all these up with your professor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all like the same kind of genre of uh, French Canadian cinema. It was very like typical, you know, like abuse, and it was a lot of like father son relations. So Crazy was a good movie for that, and that was the only kind of light one, if you want to say. And right. Crazy isn't all that light in general, no. so... But you were saying this stuff is like, yeah, a lot of very heavy, dark... Incest well, seems to keep coming up in Canadian cinema. Yeah. Not just the French language films, but <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's strange. Incest, the Sweet Hereafter. Yeah, well, all those Egoian movies, yeah. Yeah, so... I'm going to have to say that so far, the one movie that I appreciated most out of that course was Les Amours Imaginaires, or Heartbeats, from Xavier Daran. Right. Mm-hmm. I found that that was the only one that was enjoyable alongside Crazy. The rest were just, not garbage, but just very... St- ugh, I'm losing my words. You can edit this. I very can. stereotypical <laughs> of Canadian cinema. I found that like his movie, Heartbeats, it explored a lot of the typical themes, but didn't do so in a very... Quebecois way in the sense that it wasn't all like abuse it was 
he explores like homosexuality and friendship and love and all of those themes, but not in a typical way. So, and he's the young guy, right? He's like yes. twenty or something. And yes, he's amazing. He was my idol in high school and still is nowadays. So, well, after me, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Do you yes. think he'll jump and do like quite a few other Canadian filmmakers will jump over and do a big American film sooner? Is he going to do Blade Runner three? Yeah, he'll. Um, well, based on the rest of them, yeah, you would be tempted to say yes, and I. Think I think like he did the music video for Hello okay. by Adele. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a big mm-hmm. gig. It was, yeah. Amazing. It was an amazing video. But I think that's pretty much as far as he's gonna go. That's just right. my feeling. Just because he leans more towards like the European French culture more so than the American one. Is she dead in that song? Is that what that song about? Is she dead? <laughs> like Patrick Swayze style yeah. she's like she's saying hello from the other side oh. it's like she's a ghost I don't know sure. I didn't is analyze that, it too is that about the movie Ghost <laughs> <laughs> we've already gotten way she, <laughs> welcome to the Patrick Swayze yeah, podcast exactly that's my that's my theory about that film about that song yeah is that she's singing from the point of view of Patrick Swayze's oh. character in the movie Ghost that makes sense yeah maybe she's singing from the point of view of the clay mm. when they're molding the clay pot. Right, right. Because the clay probably got some ectoplasm in it. There you go. Do you know what we're talking about? Psychoactive. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think her song Roadhouse is about? <laughs> she wrote uh, a song called Roadhouse? No, that's a joke because Patrick Swayze's is in that. I thought that would have been a neat thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, we we make our own fun. Yeah, yeah just to like... <laughs> Anya's like Anya was talking. Like, really smart, really yeah. like... But yeah, just to conclude on that... You're not writing an essay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you are. No, I feel like I'm always writing essays. <laughs> 3,000 yeah. words on Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To some, is that even better? Like, based on his last movie, which was... No, mommy was that his last second movie. last film. Uh, just left. How many movies has he done? So many. He's so great. So like seven features or something. And he's like twenty five, right? Something like that. Wow. He's so young and so incredible. So you want to vomit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> vomit um, with rage. <laughs> my squandered life. I bet you he's way behind him watching He Man cartoons. He's like, oh, I wish I had watched those. I feel. Have you ever seen a picture of him? I feel like he watches all the He-Man. Yeah. Too. What's going on? But, <laughs> I was trying to Where am I? Um, yes, yes. His last movie, uh, Just La Fin du Monde. Oh, we. Well, a lot of people, there's a whole debate on if it was a Canadian movie or not, because most of the cast were all French. He imported a bunch of French oh, yeah. actors, and it yeah. was based off of a French story, mm-hmm. so a lot of people were debating whether or not it was... That's always a weird, fine yeah. line yeah. where you will... Like, I, I applied for a couple of CanCon things for my <laughs> short films, and we just we hit it on all strides, because we were like, director, writer, location. It was like 100%. We couldn't be more Canadian. Yeah. But then sometimes, yeah, like you'll get a Canadian director, but there may be an American actor, so you lose points there. Or I was going to bring this up later, but my favorite Canadian film, which is not a Canadian film, is Scott Pilgrim. But it's not a Canadian director, not a Canadian studio, but it's a ton of Canadian actors, a big Canadian crew, and very Canadian in the... It's not a Canadian movie. No, it's no, like but... Police Academy is Well, no, but, but where, where Scott Pilgrim is better than Police Academy is, like, in, in the, the money. Like, it shows loonies. They go to Pizza Pizza. Uh, they, they mention Canada. They show the CN Tower. It's based on a Canadian where, comic book. But if it was a Canadian production, it would be set in the U.S. Yeah. It, it, so it's a weird thing where it's, it's, it's a Canadian writer based on a Canadian mm-hmm. comic 
Canadian actor in the lead, Canadian location, Canadian camera guys, sound guys, whatever. But it's not a Canadian film per se, but it's so Canadian. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and music, the score, everything. Simply so. because the loony sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting complicated. It's like the old spaghetti westerns. I mean, all the movies came out of Italy. They weren't called spaghetti westerns because spaghetti is where Italy comes from. Yeah. Is that there were so many countries involved in finance. Right. It was like a sp- spaghetti, uh, a bowl of spaghetti. There were so many. And now all of cinema is like that. All, all, all you know, not Hollywood, but most yeah. of oh, yeah. international. You don't know. It's hard to tell when we have to, when I have to send Andrew the schedule every week and he yes. has to. I don't. It's hard to pick which country this film yeah, from. Sometimes it's three countries. Yeah. The Buy Town guide stopped. Started leaving that off. They don't. They don't list everything's the a co-production anymore. now. Yeah. Yeah. Great, like interviews with David Cronenberg, where Canadian director. There you David go. Cronenberg, Back on track. Where he <laughs> says that part of his whole casting process is just like looking at the people's passports, because he needs to get people from different countries to put together co-funding agreements around the world, and also to sell in various markets around right. the world to make the money back. Yeah. So it's all like. It's not just about like who who you can get or who you want. It's who's who's going to make your money back. Yeah. Well, like, and um, we screened. God, was this two years ago? Turbo Kid. Mm. And the filmmakers came. They were they were great. They've, They've seen, seen all the He-Man's. Them. They've seen all the He-Man's. As the movie starts, the director goes, "We have twenty three opening logos," and, and he counted them down. Yeah. And they were strangely a Canadian, Quebec, New Zealand co-production. Because they just happened to find a, a grant. Mm-hmm. So they shot in Quebec with Canadian actors and got that money. And then they flew to New Zealand and lived there for three or four months. Because that was the cheapest and best way to do it. And it's like, you know, they get the grant and then they employ an editor and a musician or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that is a Canadian-New Zealand co-production. Not by choice, but just by that was the best grants that fell into place. Right. So does Turbo Kid still count as a Canadian film when half the money is New Zealand? Like, I think so, right? Like, it is. it is Nowadays, it's tough. It's yeah. very... T- yeah, when you look at IMDb, it'll say Canada slash Denmark slash Switzerland. Yeah. You know what's a good Canadian movie that's purely Canadian is Weirdos. Which yes. we have coming up. Yeah. That is a good movie. We, did I see that with you? Yeah. Have you seen that, Ian, yet? I have not seen that I yet. I think you'd like it's it. It's the new Bruce uh, McDonald yeah. film. And it's good. Steve McCaddy's yeah. your favorite yeah, actor. I do like yeah. Steve McCaddy. He doesn't say anything. Poor little guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's in a truck, drives a truck, doesn't have a line. No, but... He's also good at being stoic. He doesn't yes. have to necessarily... He acts a lot with his face. Yes. Yeah. And his body is his instrument. Are you watching Twin no, Peaks? I, I have not seen any I have of not seen it. There's a character on the episode 8, which is the best hour of television ever, oh. and that looks just like Steve McCaddy in blackface. Oh. <laughs> and it's not... It's not Stephen McCaddy? No, no, but I, I, I kept looking at it with a cocked eye. Mm. Got a light, got a light. It's, uh, it's been a while since Bruce McDonald has done an enjoyable film. This I is would it. Say. This so is this it. Is good. Like maybe since Pontypool? Yeah. I like and Pontypool. People, people love Pontypool, but this is this is it. Also it's Steve McCaddy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Acting with his and his wife. Acting with his face and his voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Full um, package. Yeah. This so. is it. I don't think this was a big hit. But it was it's certainly enjoyable and should have been and it should have. Mm-hmm. I hope it, I hope now I hope people come see it at the, at the Mayfair <laughs> uh, yes. because I think it's a yeah I think people would like it. I think mm-hmm. people that are kind of clientele are kind of the, the mayor of Ottawa says niche Mayfair's got a niche. I hate saying niche. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Our members would like it. You should see it. You'd like it. It's Anya, a, it's a period piece, right? <laughs> it's set in Nova Scotia in like this. Uh, oh, seventy six. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh my. Yeah. It was a hip time. So it's a road well, movie. Threw era, me. Of, era of going down the road. And, yeah. yeah. You threw me that when you said period man. piece, I started thinking of what horse-drawn carriages. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And sun hats and women. <laughs> when I was a kid, not film per se, but when I thought of 
Canadian output like TV or film mm-hmm. I thought of it was Anne of Green Gables it was that kind of stuff mm-hmm. right very Sunday evening CBC horse-drawn carriage that kind of thing <laughs> So when I was in college, I guess, and Hardcore Logo came around, I would always point at it and be like, see, we're not just Anne of Green Gables. Mm-hmm. And I was all in with Hardcore Logo. I had buttons and, and the whole bit. And that was a Canadian film, very Canadian, set in Canada, Canadian license plates, the whole bit, that got some attention down in the States. And I think Quentin Tarantino distributed it on his Rolling Thunder, Rolling Thunder line Rolling and stuff like Thunder. that. Wake up, Andrew. <laughs> Did you yeah. see Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter? Yes. There's a scene where an, a vampire is staked to the chest in the Dominion Tavern. Yes. And he's wearing a hardcore Logan t-shirt. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Ian hated that movie. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. No, I did not hate that movie. No, no the Bytown. I worked at the Bytown when it premiered and we got tons of t-shirts so yeah. that ended up going on a lot of vampires. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we turned some of them inside out. Yes, that's so right. Wouldn't, so it wouldn't be too obvious. That's right. But, that's what you do with free hardcore logo t-shirts and Phil ended up turning, turning his stomach inside out a few times that night like mm-hmm. throwing up everywhere no he's gonna hate it me saying things like that <laughs> <laughs> what does Phil listen to this podcast no he doesn't, doesn't but he listen to a podcast <laughs> he doesn't but he knows know what a podcast is no but he knows he just thinks we're on there all the time making fun of him he, <laughs> he's picturing this moment right <laughs> every moment of his life apparently, yeah, apparently he's right to be suspicious <laughs> Let's, say, let's scratch the needle, right? Mm. Is that a hip thing to say now? Is yeah. that all the kids I think so, yeah. Yeah. Kids, kids love vinyl now. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember my first. Like when I was a kid, Canadian cinema so wasn't logo, a thing. Also, Bruce McDonald. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't remember. Like when I was a little kid, you know, watching your your Star Warses and your your Willows. Canadian cinema wasn't a thing that I. I it probably wasn't until I started coming to the Mayfair. Well, or Parkies you know, was a big deal when I was a kid. So does that count as a Canadian film? Yeah, yeah. well, MGM released it. Right. But yeah, and... Um, meatballs? Meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a PG... But yeah. Porky's... With VCRs, my dad would always rent a VCR and show me and my friend's Porky's. Like, he was trying to push heterosexuality onto me because I was his only child. <laughs> it never took. <laughs> it never took. <laughs> but watch Porky's now. It's kind of... Surprisingly, PG. They talk about erection. Canadian film, but it's set in Florida. That's right. Yeah, yeah. All three of them. Yeah. yeah. Except the third one is that MGM produced the third right. one. I can't think of an example, but every once in a while there'll be a film that shoots in Canada, and they don't go out of their way to switch it. And there's one, and just a completely middle of the road film. But I just remember it was like a a Sharon Stone thriller that shot in Vancouver, and they they left it like they left the license plate, right. they left the money. Because usually you'll see it, and it's it's the the rumble in the Bronx thing, yeah. where you're like, wow, uh, the Bronx has a lot of uh, mountains, mountains in the background. Here, David yeah. told me he, his overseas distributors will not buy his film if they see a Canadian mailbox. Why? If they see Canadian <laughs> currency, or if they even hear an accent on a Canadian actor, and he will let go of actors if he gets wind of a little bit of a. Yeah, you know, an A or you know something yeah, about yeah, the yeah. game. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, but I think he's us? just. Well, I think Pierre David just hates us. Ah, yes. But other Canadian films. When I was a kid, there were a few other Canadian films that were a big deal for me. I remember Scanners. Everyone yeah. talked oh, about. Oh, of Scanners. course. Yeah. And Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Yes. First choice was a thing. Videodrome yeah. was first choice. Uh, I seem to remember it was always on there, and people were talking about those two horror films quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. They so much so they didn't seem Canadian. Right. That's true. Like Scanners had that thing of. 
yeah, it's this Canadian movie where the guy's head blows up. And right. that, that image was so iconic. And I think it was used in a couple music videos or something like that image. Of, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that, that's Canadian. That's And then it was like, well, that's Louis Del Grande. That's seeing things. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing things' head just blew up. Yeah. Because of a guy who was seeing things. Well, because, like, Canadian, he was from the States. He wasn't, he wasn't, he, he was an American <laughs> actor who came to Canada. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> stealing our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but he got but he got blown up by Michael Ironside. Yes, so is, is, that, that, that is he in Stakeout? Michael, Michael Ironside? Ironside or Louis Del Grande? Louis Del Grande. I don't know. I think he might be one of the cops because I was shot in Vancouver. Okay, right. yeah. I yeah, just yeah. watched Stakeout again with my son, and it's like for some reason I think Stakeout has a better. It's aged better than any of the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh yeah, but I th- I'm pretty sure Louis Del Grande is in that. He's got huh. such a copper tone bald head, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. shiny Big and, glasses. Yeah, it's where is he great. now? Is he still kicking uh, around? I think he died a few years ago. Oh. I think. I think we should. I don't know. Grave, if Louis Del Grande is listening to this, let us know. <laughs> Drop us a line. Yeah, they're gonna dig yeah. up Get Salvador Dali's grave. We can dig up his grave and see if they buried him with a toupee. Oh. <laughs> can we just like ask somebody first? <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Is that less effort? <laughs> Check into That's not the Mayfair kind of a way. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> to the graveyard. To the shovels. <laughs> our, our research shovels. Uh, but there were tons of like. Horror movies that I saw when That's, I was a yes. kid that I didn't realize were Canadian from visiting the time. hours. Visiting hours, I was going to say because yeah. you always you would go to the video store and with Michael that Ironside. box, yeah. that video box that had the it was the hospital and the windows the were all yeah. lit up in a skull. Oh, That's, That's Pierre David. David. I remember seeing that poster when I was a kid at a drive-in and thinking that was the greatest poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went thirty-five years without seeing it. Yeah. And then I just happened to say that and Lee said, "Oh, I have a copy of that," and so I finally got to see it. Just but I just remember that iconic poster yeah, at a drive-in. Yeah. yeah. Visiting Hours is pretty great, actually. Yeah, it's Black really, Christmas. It's a really nice little movie, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. The Gate. The Gate. The gate. Yes, my mother took and me to a lesser the extent. Theater. The Gate too. Yes. Yeah, but gate, the gate was fun. I mean, mm. I don't know if I've seen it since it's out in the theater, but I loved it. Yeah. My friends and I just it was the I first saw a horror movie I was allowed to go see in the movie theater. Yeah. That's where Ivan Reitman came out of, right? Like he did horror films first, and then more comedy. Didn't he do a couple of, like... He did, he did, he did a movie one? called Cannibal Girls. Yes. Right. Which is more of a comedy. More co- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a f- funny comedy? No. No. But, but a horror comedy. I mean, yeah. there's horror in it. Yeah. My Bloody Valentine. That's Canadian. That's yeah. excellent. Yes. Yeah. That's re- partially directed, mostly directed by Ray, Ray Sager. Sager. If you get to know Ray Sager if now, he'll, he'll, tell, he'll you tell you it's his film. If you know if you know him for like five minutes or so, <laughs> he'll tell yes. you about how he directed it. And he did the prom <laughs> night. Valentine. Hmm? Prom night or the, just the prom night He did sequels. the sequels, three yeah. and four. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's funny, yeah. So we have a reputation of prom nights Anne of Green Gables yep. and Adam McGoyan, but there's a lot of kind of grindhouse horror there. And He's the tax shelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Era. Yeah, Prom Night was another film when mm. I was young. Everyone talked Terror about Terror Train. Well, not Terror Train's good, but Prom Night was on everyone's lips. But both have Jamie Lee Curtis. Right? And did Ray Sager Death end ship. up directing? <laughs> he he'll tell you he directed Titanic if you talk to him. <laughs> Death Ship. That was another one. Yeah, that had like a big. We always saw at the video I saw store. That. Had the big yeah. skull. Screaming skull face yeah, the, the, the show. paper for that. When I was in high school, and again talking about Canadian, not Canadian, Paul Newman and his wife were in the neighborhood. Merchant Ivory directed that film. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. And uh, I was at Canterbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was at Canterbury High School at the time, and I don't know how this happened, but they came and talked to the drama class. Paul Newman. Paul Newman and, and what's his wife's name? Um, Joanne Woodward. Joanne Woodward. Are you see, I never heard of this story. I come, I've known you so long. You've never told, <laughs> I did you see them? No, but like my friends were in the class. And, Holy shit. And, and I, I remember after, and I think they kept it on the down low, 
yeah. and they were like we're having a special guest come in or whatever and it was some I'm sure it was some crazy fluke of a thing you know where it's like one of the drama teachers was an extra or some, something happened and yeah. they good deeded their way in to talk to the class but I remember when that happened I was probably in like grade 9 and I was at that point I was like wait there's movies that film yeah. here like yeah. outside of New York and LA mm-hmm. and well, now we kind of know they're everywhere but at that time it was just this giant news that this movie just any movie was filming the coolest film to shoot in Ottawa was Strange Shadows in an Empty Room. Yeah, yeah. Which is the Italian, it's a, it's a Euro spaghetti Italian giallo film that was shot partially in Montreal, in, in Montreal and Ottawa entirely. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool car chase. The openings in Ottawa and then yeah. most the main character in Ottawa takes place to, yeah. But the there's action a cool, shifts a, to Montreal. But there's, yeah, a ba- yeah. there's a bank robbery that happens in Ottawa. Yeah. And there's poli- Ottawa police cars involved and they're rolling down like Rideau and you can see the NEC yeah. and the, it does have what's considered to be one of the best car chases ever filmed yeah. but that was done in Montreal mm-hmm. yeah but um, it's pretty great yeah that film was released most Stuart think, Whitman Stuart Whitman and John and Saxon John Saxon and he, Mia Farrow's sister is in it yes it was, the original title was Strange Shadows in Empty Room which is a beautiful title but it got re, re-released as uh, Blazing Magnum so. Blazing Magnum Didn't, Blazing there's Magnum. another there's a, another one that's like a Blazing Magnum for whatever the character's name is as well. it's got oh, a, a, a special Magnum for Tony somebody yeah. or something like that yeah. it has a bunch of like all those Italian movies yeah. didn't Pierre David release that or didn't he his company I forget his name of his company at the time New Concord or something that's um, he doesn't remember anything oh yeah that's Roger Corbin's <laughs> but it's new it's something like that it's not like I think he tried to steal that company name New World New World Mutual okay yeah, if you go on the Ontario Film Review Board, yeah, and I always I'm looking at old movies and I see that name, yeah. like Manuel. He really he was he yeah. was the one who brought Manuel to Canada and made a ton of money off of that. Like, does The Fly count as a Canadian film? Well, I guess as sort much of. as Scott Pilgrim would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you, you drive. Sometimes I I'm, can't get on the Gardner. Mm-hmm. Or I get off the Gardner accent, I feel like I'm on the set of The Fly. <laughs> because there's all those brick buildings, those yeah. industrial buildings yeah, right. where Brendel Seth lives. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I'm stuck in his world. Yeah, and now it's, it's especially with our filmmakers going and doing bigger projects now, we're becoming this, I think people are looking at Canadian specifically. It's too, it's too bad the industry is not good enough in this country. Yeah. So someone like, uh, you know, James Cameron just stay in Canada and make movies here. Yeah. And make him as big as they are around the world but he has to leave people have to find success outside of this country yeah which sucks and then maybe come back and film stuff or no or not, not. yeah <laughs> I know I brought him up because he's the most successful yeah. filmmaker you know as long as they keep making X-Men movies we'll, we'll have a film here yeah yeah, yeah X-Men movie well Guillermo del Toro loves shooting here now and he's doing all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff here mm-hmm. I watched Alien Covenant a couple nights ago and I didn't even realize, but at the end, of Canada tag rolls by because right. I guess oh, they filmed some stuff here. No, that, that, I keep seeing Sodak and the right. Quebec logos on movies now, like everything. Right. Yeah. Because they're doing a lot of post oh, okay. CGI work in, in Montreal. Right. So they're not filming anything necessarily. Maybe they are. Yeah. some second year, but there's a lot of post uh, work, you know, cleanups with digital. Right. It's yeah. happening there, so they get the Sodak credit is now at the end of almost ah, every movie okay yeah yeah and, like, and we screened a what was it it was the um it was robert redford and it was like a journalist movie true story that we screened recently and so it was it all took place you know in washington and but it was filmed in canada and there's scenes it's mostly shot in like you know in newsrooms so easy enough to shoot wherever you want right. but there's a couple scenes of him out on a balcony and and washington's in the background but it's just green screen right 
and because now it's cheaper to and, and this is the frustration that some cities get where it's like it's Chicago was filmed in Toronto right and you can see the frustration if you're the mayor of Chicago and being like what do you mean you're filming Chicago in not Chicago right but just as long as our dollar stays where it is like really, we just screened Madi, which was like R E T for five weeks. It was it was well, gangbusters. That's now the most successful Canadian. I think so. Yeah. Film. Oh really? Yeah. Now it passed Porky's. The trailer park. <laughs> it doesn't boys. sound like a good sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it surpassed Porky's. Yeah. It's now, and that's one of the producers of, of that movie, Madi, is Hussein, uh, who owns Mongrel. Okay. So great. Distributor. This guy used to when I worked at the Bytown, he would drive to the Bytown from Montreal to get his $200. I'd work a Sunday night. He's like, how much money do I make? Okay, give me, you know, and I'd give it to him out of the cash and he'd drive back to Montreal with $200 <laughs> because he needed it to turn the lights on. keep everything running, yeah. And ever since, and then, and then he made a deal with Sony, Pitches Classics, mm-hmm. and his first big film was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, so Mongrel released Which that. did okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, changed the way, it changed the way people watch movies because subtitles was now no longer just for art house. Right, I mean, right. Subtitles, people just easily watch subtitle movies now because of Crouching Tiger and the success. Uh, anyway, ever since Crouching Tiger, he didn't look back, and now he's his name is on as a producer on Madi, which I was impressed by when I saw that. That's the end of my story. <laughs> <laughs> the end. In Canada. Oh, Anya's out of here. Oh, I'm good. I can sit on a chair. Yeah. Go. <laughs> now we can talk about boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Why did, that never stopped you before. <laughs> what were we talking about again? Canadian stuff. Oh, yeah. What's the movie That's where the... a young John Candy works in a bank? The Silent, Silent Partner. Partner. Yeah. That's a really good movie. Yeah. We've shown that here a few yeah, times. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, Because it's a 35 millimeter print. What's great about living in Ottawa, if you know the right people, the National Archives of Canada keeps 35 millimeter prints in a vault. So Cronenberg, all of Cronenberg's films his personal prints are stored there Silent Partner is one of them and you can get these prints out I mean with special permission and show them theatrically pretty great it's mm-hmm. a pretty great little crime film with like Elliot Gould yeah Elliot Gould so handsome Christopher Plummer and John Candy pre or during SCTV probably during yeah, yeah I really liked a movie that came on the heels of Kids in the Hall called The Wrong Guy I remember that movie. A dark comedy with Dave Foley. Mm. But speaking of making a movie not Canadian, it's it's so Canadian. It's it's in Toronto. You can see license plates and everything. Right. And then there's one scene, one tiny little scene in the movie where somebody takes out their wallet and it's American money. But everything else besides for that is is you'd be like, why? Why? You're clearly in Toronto. You can see the street names. You can see Canada mm. post boxes. My favorite thing about that was Degrassi. Oh yeah, Degrassi right. is very Toronto. Yes, right. and you can go to on Degrassi Street now and feel like you're on the set. They didn't hide themselves like uh, maybe they do now. I don't watch Degrassi anymore. How has there ever been a Degrassi movie? Because it was like a like a big school's out. School's out. Oh, that was released theatrically right, right. for a TV movie. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, yeah. Now I don't know. Is Degrassi a thing? It's still a thing. It's, it's on TV. But yes, yeah. yes. Is it worthy of a movie? Maybe not worthy of a movie now, but insanely, it's still like now. It's in like the next, next, next generation. It right. just never goes away. It's they owned just, by Netflix now. So yeah. Just keep... They keep just re, not even rebooting. It it has a I canon. It's in continuity. Yeah. Degrassi's on Netflix. Yeah, and the like, old ones, the new ones. Yeah. You know, it's called like Degrassi: The Next Class, but there's still like the principal of the school is somebody who was like a kid 35 years ago, 
right. on the, the kids of Degrassi Street. But I imagine or, they're probably like syndicating the old episodes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah no, they are on stuff. like... Well, uh, the, yeah, on, on MTV Canada. Yeah. 53 right. at 6 o'clock. <laughs> That's what I make my kids watch. Yeah. But the kids of Degrassi, Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi mm-hmm. yeah. were all um, shot on 16mm film. Yeah. So when they're on HDTV, it looks murky and kind of shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can never go back to the original negatives because I remember they, they sold them all on eBay. What? <laughs> Years ago. I remember when, when uh, eBay was for a thing... I, I remember contemplating wanting to buy some some thirty five millimeter prints of sorry sixteen millimeter prints of Degrassi. They all just got they trashed it all, so they can never go back. And it'd be great if they could, right? Because yeah. I think like I think my kids look at it and they think, oh, it's old mm-hmm. and yeah. ugly looking. But if they could just go back and get those and restore it, it's like the original masters of the hilarious House of Frankenstein. Those oh. are all gone. Yeah, yeah. where'd yeah. they go? Just destroyed. They just destroyed. But that was shot on videotape, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was like shot on like. You whatever, super whatever. beta, something, yeah. whatever. So, three-quarter inch tapes, something like that. That's what's great about Twin Peaks, because they just did a new Blu-ray. They went back 25 years. Oh, yeah. They took out the film on net negatives. They scanned them. So when they do flashbacks in the new episodes to 25 years ago, right. it looks like they shot it yesterday. Oh, it's so much work. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing that Kyle McLaughlin could be an episode 25 years ago, and, it, and you can't even barely tell. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different film grand stalker. You know who else directed episodes of uh, Degrassi? Bruce McDonald. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> the new ones. But not, it all goes not back. until the next yeah. generation, right, man. But who he's cast good. Kevin Smith? That's who I want to find out. Who Himself. That's yeah. all the story. producers. Yeah. I feel like Kevin Smith just, just forced his way in. Yeah, he's a fan. He was a fan. I remember he did an interview before his episodes aired, and he said, I don't want to be the guy known as the guy who ruined Degrassi. Well, you're exactly that <laughs> to this fan. <laughs> now you're making Kevin Smith cry. Kevin Smith <laughs> Little single tear as he listens to his, his beard, and his, his stupid favorite, beard. favorite Canadian <laughs> podcast. Heavy Metal was oh, animated yeah. in Ottawa, mm-hmm. so that has some two ep- two sequences. Okay, just yeah. two of the five, and it was the produced by Ivan Reitman. A lot of Canadian actors in it again: John Candy and yeah, and uh, Eugene, I believe, Eugene Levy. I want to say uh, who played Mo Green? Oh, Harold yeah. Ramis. Harold Ramis. Ah, Harold Ramis. Uh, Harold yes. Ramis. Joe Flaherty. See him? Maybe. The airplane sequence was done in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the taxi stuff. Yeah. That's what Joe Judge John Candy, right. Yeah. That was animated in Ottawa. And so was the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. The animated sequence in Star Wars. We're trying to find out information about <laughs> Ewoks and droids. All those are done in Ottawa. Man. Yeah. And, and there was someone I, at the Star Wars Celebration selling frames what? for Ewoks and droids. Wow. And I, I, that's what I regret not getting when I was down there. Oh, when I was in San Diego a couple of years ago, it's just like that old scene of The Simpsons where Bart orders a cell of itchy and scratchy right. and gets like an arm. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was selling droids and Ewok cells, and wow. I swear it was each, it was four stacks three feet high. Right. Yeah. Because it's, you know, do the math, it's 24 frames a second, whatever. Yeah. And I spent... I don't think they went the full 24 frames maybe not, yeah. for you those shows. I have one of each, yeah. And, oh, I, wow. and I spent like an hour of my San Diego time, arm, arm, foot, some guy I don't know, tree. And I found a really nice Ewok and a really nice oh, R2 wow. and 3PO. Wow. And they were selling for something reasonable. like It was like 20 bucks a piece or something. That's, yeah, that's what they were down here at that acceleration good. too. But that's just it. Because like, even if there were 12 frames a second and there's 30 episodes, uh, yeah. that's a lot of yeah. <laughs> drawings. It's true. But yeah, yeah, uh, Ottawa's got a big animation history yeah. to it. It's true. I worked with a guy who wrote many of the episodes of Teddy Ruxpin, what? which was produced here in Ottawa as well. Wow. 
He's not all that proud of it. <laughs> the voice of Thomas the Tank Engine lives in Ottawa. I don't know if that was a Canadian show, but some reason the voice of Thomas and Brandon Thomas Stimpy, the the guy who created oh, yeah, John, John Chris Felucci. Yeah. He's from Ottawa. He right? is. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's not nice. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Yeah, well, I was in. A, I was at Nate's. Remember Nate's, the the Jewish deli across from the Bytown. Yeah. I was there with Lloyd Kaufman, and I, and I and I was sitting and we were alone and. Chris, John Chris Felusi was sitting yeah. at another table. I'm like, hey, Lloyd, look, it's the creator of Red and Snippy sitting right there. And he's like, oh, let's, let's go meet him. And Lloyd went up to him, and he couldn't be a bigger jerk than Lloyd. He really rubbed Lloyd the wrong way, and Lloyd was pissed for the rest of the weekend. Wow. He just gets Lloyd's so, so nice. nice. Hmm. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd hates now John Chris Felusi and Elvira. I was in a Montreal <laughs> hotel room with, with Lloyd sharing a room, and Elvira was next to us. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's go talk to Elvira. Like, like he, in the bed? <laughs> next to you? Yes. <laughs> and he wouldn't want to go hang out and chill with Elvira. He was so angry. Okay. Um, as per usual, we're going to run out of time. So let's <laughs> talk about what we're screening this week at the Mayfair, June 30th through July 6th, 2017, if you're listening to this right away. So we are screening a newish film, a horror film called It Comes at Night, Mm, which I apologize has a horrible poster on the flyer if you're looking at it. No, I love that poster. But you can't read it. There's the tiny little text. I see what you're saying. But everyone tells me to see that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and and, it's from the director. You know who directed it? The director of Kresha. Kresha. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. That movie was fabulous. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) And and much, much like... Krisha. Get out. Krisha. I've made it this far without spoilers. So yeah. I, I managed to get out here at the Mayfair wow. without spoilers. Now you so got me excited. Gonna come see it comes at night. And uh, that has Joel Edgerton in it, who I really like a lot. And yeah, it's, just, it's another one of these low-budget horror films that got a lot of good buzz. And, yeah. and no one came to see Krisha, and Krisha was absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. good. So come see this instead. Then we have the Ottawa premiere of The Hero with living legend Sam Elliott, who... And his mustache. And his mustache. Yeah. There's like the advertisements on CNN for a movie we're opening up at the Mayfair this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. It's cool that happens. Yeah. Well, our, our audiences, so they, they love to watch Anderson Cooper and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jay Tapper. <laughs> then we have Churchill, historical drama... Starring Brian Cox. As Churchill? As Churchill. That's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of Churchill movies coming up. There is. When I was looking up this to write the blurb, I had to make sure I was writing the right, right one. Right. Because there's... Gary Oldman is also playing Churchill. Yeah, and I think there's like and a... he's not even fat. <laughs> what are you going to do? He's going to have a big... A comically big... Kevin Smith is Churchill. Probably <laughs> not somewhere. <laughs> and... The Nazis would have won. <laughs> They would have won so hard. Uh, Controversial stance. <laughs> you don't think if Kevin Smith <laughs> was in charge of the Allied forces that Hitler couldn't have won? <laughs> to, the, to the time machine. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> We're Remember they would have made a lot of movies about <laughs> Kevin Smith? You can't even put full focus. In right, like, seriously. <laughs> We're going to do a live commentary track of Churchill. Yep. Just speculating about that. Uh, this is the worst Doctor Who episode I've ever seen. <laughs> and then we have The Commune from Denmark, which has won uh, a, a bunch of awards Thomas for Vinsenberg. its lead actress. Oh, the right. director, Thomas Vinsenberg, who did Visha The Hunt. That's a very good movie. Oh, yeah. The Hunt was and great. And his first film, he did Celebration, yeah. which was great. the second. I think it was the first um, real dogma, dogma movie. Yeah. Okay. It was released in Canada, but the second one we produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a solid track record. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 That's, a uh, that's a must-see movie. And then, is, is Mads Mikkelsen also in this one? I don't think he is. No. That's okay. You know who he, plays Th- Thrawn in the Star Wars Rebels? It's Mads Mikkelsen. Mad Mikkelsen? No, his brother. 
And our last film this week is a Canadian film, a documentary from Quebec about the magnificent private garden in Quebec City. Oh and yeah, this that was a huge success at the Bytown. Everybody yeah. comes eat here now. Yeah, yeah, that was that did. That's Churchill cool. was supposed to be the big hit at the Bytown last week. Right, but it was the gardener. The gardener. So um, yeah, but didn't Anya tell us that only Xavier Dolan movies are good? <laughs> yeah, from Quebec. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yes. Nice yeah. try, gardener. Yeah, and then. So that's what we're screening this week. And then on the horizon, we become a grindhouse cinema again. Mm, yeah. In the next few weeks and months, we have... you got to balance the artsy with the fartsy. Yes. 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 And we, we mentioned last week or week before how the, we're all sad about the death of the traditional 35mm film. If there is a silver lining, it's groups like Agfa who are digging out these treasures. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think we're going to have a pretty good Halloween lineup. Oh man, so, yeah. I want to save what's, what's spoiler what, alert. What just became available, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'd like to book all of it. Every, is every everything yeah, else? Nothing. And Agfa stands for uh, American Genre. Film, film archives. archives. Yes, I want to teach. They are they are like finding and restoring so strange much. genre films from America, doing a beautiful job of it. Yeah, and so coming up pretty soon, we have Zodiac Killer on the eighth and 9th of July, mm-hmm. and then Rami, aka Deathline, on August fifth, and that's with Donald Pleasance and Christopher Lee fighting mole people, I guess. Mole Fight, fighting, people, yeah. cannibals in the British underground. Yeah, and I mentioned on our Twitter that I happen to be listening to a podcast and. Edgar Wright, out of the blue, mentioned that Deathline was one of his favorite Grindhouse movies. So that's come high so praise. Josh is going to be there now. I'll be there now. <laughs> there you go. And then we have our Jalo Fest coming up. As, as Lee mentioned, I want Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key on the Marquee. The whole thing. Nice. I don't want an abbreviation. Yeah. Yeah. I just want that just whole make thing. Make sure Enya's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Ian will be satisfied yeah. if Andrew does it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be satisfied if Andrew I don't care how long you're up on that ladder, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there holding a cattle prod <laughs> underneath the ladder. No! <laughs> oh! He has to, like, tag on extra this is letters illegal. underneath the marquee. Well, I think you and I watched Don't Touch Your Duckling together. Yes, that's yeah. a good film. Yeah. That's a good film. And, like... I remember when we saw it, we were like, holy shit, Quentin Tarantino must have watched this over and over yeah. and over again. And then again. he would eventually thank Lucio Fulci yeah. at the end of Kill, Kill the Line 2, which yes. made me think that, yeah, Duckling meant something to him. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Death Lays an Egg. Laid an Egg. Death Laid an Egg, right. Yes. That's a good title, Ian. Why can't you come up with titles like that? <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and then in September, the Stray Cat Film Fest, which is five... Japanese biker girl movies which all look fabulous Gwen must be very excited about Star- that yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> starring the fantastic Miko Kaji from yes. Lady Snowblood and yeah. the oh female gosh, convict scorpion mom. movies and just the, the trailers she's, she's which you incredible. can watch on our website or on YouTube they don't even have subtitles yet on these trailers I found but you right. know it doesn't matter they're, they're just amazing she's mm-hmm. gorgeous they're like two directors of five films yes. all made within a year of, of each other yeah I think like the first all made, all made in 1970 actually yeah, I think yeah five are made in two years it was like 1970. The last one came out in 1971. But yeah. it was all five of them were made in 1970, basically. So yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nuts. And I be- I believe- two, like, two great Japanese directors at the helm, too. It was so. almost like it was akin to, if you chop it up a bit more, it would have been like a TV series, the way it came out so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, if I remember correctly, I think Delinquent Girl Boss came out January 1970. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth movie, which has, they all have kind of different titles sometimes, but Beat 71 came out January 1971. Yeah. So they were coming out every couple months. Yeah. Are we allowed to put the Sex Hunter on our marquee? That, yeah, one's called Sex Hunter. <laughs> Wait, it's the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Let's do it. Andrew? The other two are Machine Animal and 
Wild Jumbo. Wild Jumbo. And I bet you some of those aren't perfect translations of what they actually are. Everything I've read says that the titles are pretty meaningless. Right, yeah. They don't have anything to do with the plot, so... But even if you just just look at the stills online... Like all good titles. Yes. And there's photos of just four or five... Look, naked lunch. Japanese women left to right in... Oh, this looks so good. So yeah, everyone come see that. And and if you can't make all five, which you should, you should drop everything to make all five, I don't think you're going to have a less of a fun experience if you could only make part three and five. What I know? really hope for is that yes. the same good crowds we get for Saturday Night Cinema yes. are going to come to all these eight films. Yes, five yeah. films. Well, no, but the three... Oh, Jones, yeah, of course, Jones, yes. yes. Yes, Five yes. Japanese films. I'd like to. I'd like to all those same crowds. We get great crowds. It's like if we didn't, I mean, if they, these don't do well, next time we'll just won't put anything in the marquee and they'll just come. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's weird. It's weird how people just come in droves to go see something and we're not advertising at yeah. all. Yeah, somebody asked me again yes. today what we're screening next, and I was like, I, I'm not even lying to you. I don't know. September, <laughs> September is gonna be a big one. It's right, like we're showing a classic on 35 millimeter. And everyone who likes cinema should be there for that. Yeah. The few people I've told, yeah, defecated with joy, uh-huh. with, out of joy, <laughs> when I told them. <laughs> well, maybe we'll wait until the podcast is over. For yeah. To ask. <laughs> wait till I've left the room. And on that note, happy Canada Day. <laughs> so Does anybody sad. have one last Canadian film recommendation uh, before we go? One Josh. Okay, one that I really like is Ginger Snaps. I really do like Ginger Snaps. Andrew. Uh, Rabbit. Oh, yes. That's a pretty good one. Pretty I just good. got that Blu-ray. Yeah. Lead a mark. I watched Decline of the American Empire twice recently. Oh. Highbrow. See, yeah. twice. I would say The Rowdy Man. Gordon I'm Vincent. a rowdy guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm the rowdiest guy I'd ever want to meet. <laughs> Could you keep it down, sir? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That was the SCTV parody of Magnum, yeah. the Rowdy Man. All right. Good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go visit our friends at House of Target across the street. They just got some new pinball machines, I believe. Check us out on all our social media, and we'll see you next time you come visit the Mayfair. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. I would like to scan all of you in this room one at a time. Scanners. Ten seconds. The pain begins. 15 seconds, you can't breathe. 20 seconds, you pray it will end, and it will. Experience the terrifying power of scanners. Their thoughts can kill. Bring it on. Coming soon at a theater near you. Check newspapers for theaters and times.